Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster, with me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you today? Doing very well, Cody. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. Well, we are excited to dive into another global dairy trade today on the little lower side as an aggregate, about 4.7% lower as a total. So I guess diving in, John, what is what is one of the first major things that kind of stood out to you about this GDT? Well, Cody, I think you hit the nail on the head by saying it was on the, the lower side of things. It's not only a lower auction, it is most definitely on the lower side of expectations. Let's start out with the fact that we were 4.7% lower on the aggregate. That's going to come in at an aggregate price on the average of $3,227 per metric ton. When we look at that, the last time the aggregate was that low, the last time the aggregate really got into this territory was in November of 2020. So it's been a while since we've been here. It shows that we're still moving lower and we we just haven't quite found a bottom yet. When we dig into some of the more specific details here, we get into skim milk powder. It came in 2.6% lower. That was slightly lower than expectations. We were looking for about 1.5 to 2% lower. So nothing out of the ordinary there. That's going to put their skim price at $1.17. That is going to make it tough for the U.S. to maintain this 116-ish level. When we get over to butter, down 3.2%, coming in around you know 208 to maybe a little bit lower, depending on what fat content you want to use. Nevertheless, that is going to still be relative, uh, you know, I don't want to say significantly lower than the U.S. here, but at a price that's going to make it continue to make it tough for the U.S. to export. And then as we move over to cheddar, this was the uh, shining star, if you will, of the auction up 2.8 percent coming in about one dollar and eighty nine cents. A little bit of a, a, a bounce here. If you remember from the last two auctions, we were down 10% on two auctions successively. So catching a, a little bit of a, a bounce from that down run we had there. And then finally, let's move probably to one of the more important factors here. I know we don't trade it here in the US, but it's just such an important barometer of the health of the general international dairy price. And that is whole milk powder. Whole milk powder came in at 5.4% lower. That is pretty substantial for it to be that much lower. Expectations were that we would be about 4% lower. And again, we haven't been this low since we go to November of 2020. So been a long time since we've been here, two and a half years, I guess. We stabilized there in whole milk powder for the last seven or eight auctions, you know, going back to the beginning of the year. And then finally, now we are breaking into new territory here and territory that we haven't been at for quite some time. So in itself, not a good sign, Cody, that we're moving lower here. And again, the aggregate was 4.7% lower. I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, John, our prices now, you know, on the cheese, nonfat butter side, are kind of in line with the rest of the world, you know, give or take a little higher here or there, but they are 
they're coming back in line. I know there was some discrepancies on the past couple of auctions, hours being you know a lot higher in some instances, but like you said, this might take hours way back to in line to maybe not help those exports that we talked about on the last show. Yeah, you bet. It's a uh, a bit of a moving target if you were to try to pinpoint what is the appropriate price for the U.S. cheese market to be at in order to capture exports, right? We did a phenomenal round of exports during 2022 so far. Our January numbers have demonstrated that we did great exports in January. Um, that was a likely a carryover from the 2022 contracts. Uh, so far, from what we can tell based on cold storage, it looks like we did a pretty decent round of exports in February. Uh, that would be a bit of a surprise, right? But again, those could be some carryover contracts that were done. It's important to remember that these contracts for export are typically not a, a spot market issue, but more of a longer term uh, basis, three to six months, if you will. So maybe a little bit of follow through there. But for a while, the New Zealanders were significantly higher than the rest of the world. Uh, they were at 225, I believe, with much of the same product that the Europeans are competing with. Europe was at $1.50 on some of those products, while New Zealand was at $2.25 and the U.S. was, you know, call it around $1.75 to $1.80. On the last, like I mentioned on the last two auctions, the, the New Zealand cheese price came off its, you know, rock there pretty significantly and moved from $2.25 to $1.84. And the European price, I think, nudged up just a little bit during that time. But the U.S. price for everybody that's been paying attention, the U.S. price suddenly moved significantly higher. And we saw the block price get as high as 210 just a week and a half ago. And, you know, that was something everybody stood back and said, I don't really understand this. Uh, a, I'm not exactly sure why we rallied, but it will be difficult for us to maintain that rally. And that's exactly what happened. The U.S. price just a, a little out of bounds. There are a lot out of bounds, evidently. And we went from 210 in blocks to here we stand at $1.80, just six trading sessions later. So a very wild ride in the U.S. cheese market. You know, at least on the block side, we're back down here on the lows that we haven't seen in uh, quite some time. We got down to $1.78 for a very brief amount of time uh, a few weeks ago, then moved up. Now we're right back on that mark. Uh, I think we haven't been here since last September. Um, it's been a long time since we've broken through this territory. We'll see if that happens. On the barrel price, got down into that one. You know, we hung out in those 155s. We were probably way too low. And then we made a sudden move from $1.55 to $1.95. Uh, as everybody stood back and said, what in the heck is going on? A lot of people looked towards the export market and said there must have been an export deal that went off. You know, we don't know everybody and we certainly don't know everything, but we try to keep our ear to the ground on what's going on out there. And we just couldn't find that, you know, that export big deal that went off. So I just don't know that we can look towards the export market to explain away why it is that cheese made a 40 cent rally just a few weeks ago and subsequently has moved significantly lower, at least in the block market. Barrels have only moved 15 cents off their high. But I would say that if, to answer your question, 
you know, are we going to see exports? The answer probably is yes, we'll see exports. I just don't know that it's going to be as significant as it was in 2022. And I think with milk production being steady to higher right now, we need to maintain very strong exports if we're not going to have some pressure here and some free to sell on the spot market. Agreed. And I think everybody's kind of looking towards that same dynamic that you're talking about, John, is the the milk production. What is that going to look like going forward as folks in the Midwest here have had a, uh, you know, a lesser of a winter, I would say, uh, you know, not as much snow, a little warmer weather, talking to a few folks, and this is the most milk they put into the tank February, March, since, you know, there being a dairy. So that is adding to the milk production in our quote unquote spring flush that is seem to start a little early here. Yeah, you know, uh, spring flush comes uh, every year, but once a year, I suppose. And uh, But it does come every year, and it's something the market's relatively used to. Maybe this one's a little bit early. And, and possibly, you know, on a national level, it'll be offset by just the horrible situation that a lot of dairy producers are dealing with out in California. We've certainly heard that milk production has been affected out there. I don't know that we can say that it's been affected in a you know, a, a gigantic wholesale way, uh, but it certainly has been affected negatively and to a certain degree. But I think milk production is going to be here for right now. And um, if, if we look down the curve and say, well, are we going to lose milk or are we going to gain milk? I think a lot of that just is just going to depend on spot milk prices right now, right? Um, if we're able to maintain this dollar eighty area, by no means is that a a gigantic moneymaker for people, but I think that might be just high enough to keep milk hanging around here in the second half of the year. Go too much lower than here, though, and we've got to start talking about the possibility of losing some milk, right? But I, I will say that as of right now, I think we can look at it and just kind of say, ah, steady Eddie, maybe we gain a little, maybe we lose a little. I don't see any macro changes to milk production right now. I think the most important part of the discussion, though, Cody, as I look at it is and relating it back to the GDT is that the the world international dairy price came off its highs starting last October and it's been moving significantly lower. European milk production remains high. U.S. milk production remains in good shape. New Zealand milk production probably gaining a little bit. And then we finally got Chinese demand to step back in. And I think everybody that listens to this podcast can remember for the longest time me saying, boy, when China shows back up, we're going to steady out and go higher. And what we can say is, is that China very much has been here. I can't repeat that enough. And we did not go higher. (laughs) Uh, We steadied out in whole milk powder. China absorbed a lot of whole milk powder. The other products were under pressure. And we made the argument, or I made the argument on the last auction that we've finally seen whole milk powder and what I refer to as synthetic whole milk powder being fat, skim, and lactose come together in pricing. And there was not a big premium or discount either way. A lot of times that has been the crossing of the Rubicon, if you will, in terms of once we see whole milk powder move higher than synthetic whole milk powder, we tend to say that's the bottom and prices are going to go higher. As I walked away from last week's podcast, I thought, boy, that's pretty good theory. The only thing that could screw that up would be if whole milk powder went lower. And 
And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So uh, it's just funny the way your mind works, right? You get set on an idea and you think, then you set back from it and go, well, the only thing that can screw that idea up is, and guess what happened? The, the is. And, and home of powder went lower and it didn't just go a little bit lower. It went 5.2% lower and it went into new recent lows. Again, not a disaster in itself, but what it suggests to me is we haven't found the bottom yet. And if we haven't found the bottom yet in whole milk powder, we more than likely have not found the bottom yet on these other products. When we look at skim milk powder here in the U.S., we, we export such a significant amount of our non-fat dry milk, skim milk powder solids that when we see New Zealand come down to $1.17, that is just going to make it hard for us to maintain these current levels. And I can't rule out the idea of breaching that $1.10 area and possibly going and touching that $1 area here in the next month or so, especially as we move into spring flush. On the butter side, boy, sometimes we can just be in our own island uh, on butter. But my guess is we're last year was characterized by not building stocks. This year, I would characterize as we're building butter stocks. We're probably solving tomorrow's problem today in terms of we're, we're putting away enough butter today to make sure that there's enough for the fall. I think maybe we've seen the high end of our pricing structure in butter. And then finally, as we move over to cheddar, this is going to be a, a bit of a tough one here. We're going to battle it out probably in this $1.80 area. We know that the Europeans still have a lot of milk. We know they've got product they need to move. We know that the New Zealanders have some product they need to move. And what we've seen here in the U.S. is that if people cannot move product internationally, they bring that product into the domestic market. A lot of times it ends up here on the, the CME and we see CME prices move lower, which I think, you know, maybe that product was already coming before we went to 210, but moving to 210 really cut us off from that export market, um, at least in terms of new deals. And that led to, had a pretty decent reaction. And we've seen the spot cheese market come alive and we move from 210 to $1.80 again in the, in the course of six trading sessions. So again, I, I would just look at it to say whole milk powder moving down into its lowest level since November of 2020. Not a good sign today in terms of finding a bottom and we'll probably continue to see our products in the U.S. move lower as well. Well, I guess we'll know for sure in about two weeks when we come back with the next GDT. Uh, John, we appreciate you tuning getting on here and giving everybody the insight to global dairy trade. Before I let you go, Easter holiday coming up this weekend, your favorite candy of all time. Go. Ooh, favorite candy of all times. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, that's a great question. And I'll say that it's a combination. A, I've always loved jelly beans, but I've always also loved Starburst. And I don't know if you've ever had a Starburst jelly bean combo. Ooh or the Starburst jelly beans, but they are a true feat of confectionery engineering. So I suggest you find some of those and, and gobble them up. So you're mashing, you're putting the jelly bean into the Starburst and, to, and eating both. No, no, no. It is a jelly bean, a Starburst jelly bean manufactured by the Starburst company. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have such a creative mind to put a Starburst into a jelly bean, but those fine people whomever that is, those fine people did. And boy, is it delicious. I love it. All right. So that's in John Spainhauer's 
Easter basket for the rest of your life, Jelly Bean Starburst. Like spring flush, it comes every year, but once a year. So I'm looking forward to my Jelly Bean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, John, with that, we will end our GDT uh, podcast. Everybody have a fantastic weekend, a great Easter, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you for tuning in.